Hey, I want to welcome you today to this podcast that we're doing on this sermon series called Holy Sexuality here at Trinity Church. My name is Todd Arnett, a lead pastor here at Trinity, and I'm with my good friend, family pastor, Hilke Hilkema. Hello, Hilke. Well, hello there, Todd. It is good to be back. We are ready to podcast away. Yeah, here we are week two, and thanks for those of you who listened last week and gave us some really good input that we can, we're considering as we're moving forward, and you guys have been great to just uh, help us as we're trying to frame this time to hopefully be helpful to our church family and those at large. All the absolutely, way absolutely. Hilke, you did a great job yesterday preaching week two in this series about God's design for sexuality. One of the things we'd even talked about before was, but what does all this mean for someone who's single? Yeah. As you laid mm-hmm. out a great theology, kind of old to New Testament, God's design for sex, what does that mean if I'm someone who is single? What am I supposed to think of all that? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, typically when 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 we preach on some of these topics or like I did a message on family not too long ago and uh, I really actually try and intentionally, you know, uh, talk about singleness in those messages. And um, but I knew with a topic this large yesterday about just God's design for sex, um, I wasn't going to be able to, to lay out like how this related to to singleness and uh, so i'm really glad to have an opportunity to talk a little bit and discuss and dialogue uh, a little bit about about what does that look like and uh, because some of the questions might might go like hey if if sexuality between a husband and wife reflects you know god's like the complete image of god and um, then, then what about singles? Are are the singles somehow incomplete or inferior? It's a lesser expression of humanity, and um, and hopefully our first reaction is already like, oh, that can't be. Like, there's yeah. just no way. And but why is that not true? You know, why, why is such a statement uh, not accurate? And um, and it, I think it's just based on a lot of assumptions. It, the, the assumption is that. Uh, we must be be married to experience true intimacy, and, uh, and and that only in this intimacy do we reflect the image of God. And I, and I think those statements are, well, I, I, th- I think they're not accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't mean that the image of God isn't reflected in those um, relationships and the nature of a marital relationship and oneness. Absolutely, and it's mm-hmm. by God's design and it's God's gift and it's awesome. Um, but it's if we back up a bit, it's almost like we're saying if we have a a, uh, a woman, she's she's almost a, she's just half a person until she meets her husband, who's the other half, and then a half plus a half makes a whole. Yeah, and obviously there's a lot of great songs that speak to that, right? You're like <laughs> yes. you're the other side of me, and you're the I was incomplete till you know all these great you know yes. love ballads. But we'd say, yeah, biblically, that's not true. We're like, uh, let me introduce you to uh, to my better half. No, yeah. Um, which is probably true for most of us. <laughs> we both agree. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. But, and obviously we're not like critiquing that statement. Yeah. But, but, but there is a little bit of a, a truth there. Like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. We have a whole woman and a whole man who, who, who embody and express full personhood coming together in, in a married relationship that is uh so where it's one plus one equals one not half and half and and in in, in this along those same lines um it is is also false to say that um that sex 
equates intimacy. Mm. There's lots of sex that happens even without intimacy. That's true. There's lots of marriages that lack intimacy. Mm-hmm. So even if they're engaged physically in a sexual absolutely, encounter. absolutely. So it it sounds kind of nice to say those kinds of things, and it sounds like and and obviously if we live this out by God's design and and it's and it's working well, and and again it doesn't always work well. Um, there, there's truth. There's intimacy, intimacy there, and oneness, and 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 it's great. But it doesn't necessitate it. And uh, this, you know, this deep intimacy can be found in marriage, but it can also be found outside of marriage. And uh, intimacy in the form of meaning, meaningful friendships and relationships that are the giving of oneself, mm-hmm. where there is a huge personal investment and 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 selfless and and just yeah giving of oneself to to those relationships and that's not with 15 people sure it's in a much smaller that is a very small circle well it might even be a circle because it's so so small it might be one person or two people um but there's there's an intimacy there that is um reflective of, of god's design and uh, where we are created to be a relational being, and 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 those relationships can be experienced fully and completely um, as as a as a single uh, person. And um, because in some ways, what you just described is the body of Christ. And what I mean by that is, we talk about these one another's. We talk about community a lot in our Christian context and conversations. And the idea is, is that, and what are we? We're not husband and wife, but we are brother, sister. And we can have that kind of connection within um, that dynamic. And, and, and where we're all maybe included in the body, if I am part of a toe, there's a good chance that I have even a closer to connection to the other parts of that toe versus the hair on top of someone's head. So the idea is I can have the cultivate that real close Christian community within someone that's not necessarily my spouse Mm -hmm. if I'm unmarried, but uh, within that, it can be a great representation of what God designed for us for relationships. And uh, I'll just, you know, point out the obvious. We are speaking as married guys, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but we see this faithfully lived out in in the people of our church that are single. And... um, and so, would, you, would you even say this? Do you feel like I've been doing some reading lately and I, I think I, I knew, like I've actually really appreciated this about my wife. She does a great job of including single women into our friendship mm-hmm. circles, into our home and having over for a meal and just uh, engaging. And I really appreciate that a ton. I feel like there's an onus on married couples to consider, are there some people that just might really be at times looking for a deeper sense of community than just high by and we're casual friends or acquaintances, but actually someone we can do life with yes, that might yes. be single. Absolutely, and then we've had the privilege of doing that quite a bit actually mm-hmm. with uh, with a couple uh, uh, single fa- single parent families and mm-hmm. uh, and just to expand our our family circle in that way. And it's it's uh, we love it, it, it and it's. Um, a, it's just such a good expression of, I think, God's design in the body of Christ. And um, as far as singleness, like, I, I know I know a guy who um, who was single for uh, for all of his life, and uh, his name was Jesus. Hmm. 
I've heard of that. You've guy. heard of him? Yeah. And uh, and and from what I've studied from the scriptures, he was uh, he is fully man and fully God, and so he he's got you know full personhood, yet uh, was never married, mm. never experienced uh, sexual intercourse, but he absolutely experienced intimacy. The uh, the intimacy with with God, the Father, uh, obviously is is represented throughout the Scripture. It's a intimacy that we, as believers, um, also experience when we really dive into and connect to our identity in Christ. Yeah. Um, and um, and then also just from a relational friendship uh, side. Yes, he had his twelve disciples that he, um, you know traveled around with but there were three in particular you know it was it was peter james and john that he i would imagine you know um, would find the relational um intimacy in it it was those three it wasn't the full 12 it was the three that was very significant uh for even his life you know paul uh as as a as a single dude uh was was very much um even aware of his own singleness and and it's his u- unique position within god's kingdom mission and um and 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 really saw that as a gift and mm-hmm. uh, uh he was fully fully human full personhood but he very much also uh, you know had that uh, identity in christ i mean he's most of the stuff we talk about related to our identity in Christ is found in Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of like the, the identity in Christ guy. Yeah. Um, and think about his friendships. You know, we read so much where he, you never really find him doing ministry ever by himself, but he's always in community and got some really close friendships uh, and even mentoring of different younger leaders that would ultimately raise up and be church planners and pastors themselves. So you always see that since singleness does not equal loneliness. When we look at that in scripture at these two persons in particular, that of Jesus and that of Paul. And I think that somehow has translated though into our churches Mm -hmm. that there is this thought either from people who may be married looking from the outside in or even the way a single person may genuinely feel is that I don't know where there's a place for me. And that's something we need to do at Trinity a better job of Mm -hmm. in general is just helping continue to provide that kind of community for everybody that there is this place that you can belong and connect. Yeah, that's great. That's um, actually, I I came across a book. I wanted to kind of maybe uh, reference that and that's your Single Treasure, Good News About Singleness and Sexuality. It's by Rick, Sted- Rick Stedman. And um, I, I just was looking at that a little bit, reading a little bit of it, and uh, really found some of his instruction was, 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 pretty, uh, was pretty insightful. Awesome. And, uh, and scriptural, which is always appreciated. Amen. And um, now as we can kind of continue uh, just, just our conversation, um, I literally cannot remember the question. No, it's okay. you were, yeah. uh, I was going to address, gonna, like we've been getting in, you guys have done a great job sending in some questions and we're get, not going to be able to address all of them. But I thought this one kind of, it, it, it does in a weird way dovetail to this idea of God's design for sexuality. I'll read it. It says, Please, because I have forgotten it. Yeah, it's fine. It <laughs> says, is Trinity open and accepting to someone who is struggling with their sexuality and in this case, and maybe gay? 
And the, the bigger topic that that's getting to will address the question, but it really, to me, is that really some keywords at the beginning, open and accepting. And those are big deals because we even have churches that are actually flying the flagpole and they, they will say, we are a, a welcoming and affirming church. Yes. And trying to figure out what does that mean and, mm-hmm. and how does that all fit? And, and they have the same Bible you and I do, and they'll point to certain verses and say, this means this. And rather than be contentious with that, let me just go back to what I really believe is in the heart of God when he says, when, when we will use that phrase, God unconditionally loves us. What, is that, what does that mean? And we say it a lot, and I think it's true, but it probably needs a little bit of nuancing. And the thing that's helped me, I remember being in a seminary class and having a professor respond to that question. He said it so well, just two key words. He said it's the, identifying the concepts of acceptance versus approval acceptance versus approval. Mm-hmm. And so the word accepting was even in the question as well. And I really think that's a great way to connect the dots a little bit. For me, when I see that, I'm instantly drawn to the parable of the um, the prodigal son, or what I love, the parable of the loving father from Luke 15. And this is yeah. in the context of basically God saying, I love lost things to be found. And he's talking about the lost sheep, yep. the lost coin, and now the lost son. And within that context, um, what I love about this, narr- and it's a parable, right? It's a story that's really trying to connect the dot to a big truth about the character of God. What I love, we obviously know that the Father is represented of our Heavenly Father, And within that, what we see is that the son who has just completely turned his back literally said, I wish you were dead so I could have my inheritance now, completely doing his own thing, blowing all the resources Mm -hmm. that were given to him. Now at the very bottom has nowhere else to look but up. And when he realizes how bad things are, he literally picks himself up and begins walking home. Now, what I love about, um, my Bible's open there, and this is what it says, chapter 15 of Luke, verse 20, Mm -hmm. talking about the son. So he got up and went to his father. Bottom of his life, the deepest of valleys, got up. But what I love is the very next phrase in the very same verse, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. And, and I remember I've studied this passage before when he was a long way off, even gives the impression that the father was desperately searching, looking and looking in the direction of where his son had left. And it's as though the moment he got up and turned around, the father went running after him. And, and to me, that so well pictures this con- the, a little bit of the tension we feel about does God accept us and does he approve of us? And what we would know from this parable is that absolutely God accepted his son where he was at, full of filth, Mm -hmm. uh, completely has lived in contrast to everything the father was about and ran to him, didn't say, take a shower, didn't say... Didn't have to clean up first. Didn't have to clean up, didn't say, now follow these rules didn't say, repay me what you owe me, didn't even, and we even read in the rest of the story, the son comes back and begins to want to do those things, Mm -hmm. even after the father's thrown his, even after the father ran, 
We know in 1st century times, it was an incredibly humiliating thing for a man of means, a man of age, to go running, to run to anything. Mm -hmm. You walk slowly with patience to everything in your life. Runs to his son, throws his arms around him, kisses his son. So glad he's home. The son wants to be religious. He wants to earn something. He wants to say, no, 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 if I could just be a hired hand, the father won't even let him keep going in the conversation, shuts him down. Where can we throw this celebration? Send news to everybody. Restore to full sonship. Yeah, all that's Mm -hmm. there. So to me, it's this beautiful picture of acceptance right where he was at. There was no need to get cleaned up in order to be loved by God. We see this later on in the book of Romans, yes. Romans chapter 5. I was just going to turn there. But yeah, God right. demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, not, not that we could get our act together mm-hmm. anyways, but even before we start trying, while we were still living opposed to God, Christ died for us. A couple of verses later, for if when we were God's enemies... So we were that far away from a right relationship with God. If we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life, his Mm -hmm. resurrection? So we see this in Scripture, this incredible, lavish, extravagant love of God that is demonstrated time and time again. And it's never based on the fact, get your stuff together, get yourself cleaned up, start following the rules, and then I'll love you. Sure. We don't see that, that sense of if, when related to love. However... That's God's acceptance. That's the accepting role of God, right, taking us right as we are. However, when we would also then expand that to mean, that means God, because God accepts me, he must approve of everything about me. Look at every scenario that we've just looked at. The father loved the son too much to have him go back into the slop and live in that way. Mm-hmm. He was going to be restored not only to right sonship relationally, but to what a son in his father's home would do. So there was the goal of him being restored. Is there anything about the way the son was living that was approving to the father? Absolutely not, right? None Absolutely of it not. at all. Yeah. So, and, and that's never, and that's the fascinating thing that's never lost we don't say, well, because the father didn't approve, he couldn't accept him where he was. We'd say, no, he could accept him, but it also doesn't revert, work in reverse. Because he was accepted, everything he did is approved approved by the father. Yeah, either. the two are definitely not the same. And uh, some people might say, well, well, that's that's God, you know, and he's God. <laughs> he can he can do that. But how do we, you know, are we? Are we called to do the same thing as a church? Yeah. Um, because, you know, that's obviously the, the Father's capacity to love is, is just, you know, um, so much endless. Yeah. yeah. And to where uh, even in, in Romans, in Romans 15, verse 7, it, it, t- it tells us to accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. And so that's almost like the next piece. Like you look at the the, the parable in, in, in uh, Luke 15 and you're like, but then I Paul would argue, well, that same acceptance we extend to those around us. Mm-hmm. They don't have to um, get their stuff together before they walk through our doors. Yeah. That means that if someone's uh, struggling with same-sex attraction, they are welcome here. Absolutely. They are um, invited into relationship with our people, with our church family. Um, 
and we will continue to um, really just uh, engage in this discipleship journey mm-hmm. that will and may like like challenge them in, in in lots of areas in their life, including their expression of sexuality, and um, and even there, like just have, having uh, same sex attraction is is in a different category than same sex action. Yeah, and living a, a lifestyle contrary to God's design and, and a willful disobedience and um, in the same way, whether it's 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 a, uh, you know, a lustful heterosexual thought that is acted upon or not, you know, the, but as far as, as accepting uh, a, a person who, who thinks they might be gay, like th- this is this is the place for them Absolutely. if they're looking for approval. Well, that's a different story, yeah. but for acceptance and relationship and for a place and a people who will continue to point them to, to Jesus and, and his grace, and, and that grace is enough even for the darkest parts of, of any one of us. And um, I, uh, I used to have a neighbor and she'd always say like, you know, one day I'll go to church when, when I when I get my stuff like and I figure it out and I'm like no 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 that that is not that is not what you need to do yeah and um so I I would um yeah I would just say man let's this place is a hospital for for brokenness for people um who who need Jesus and that includes us and includes everyone that walks through our doors and the level playing field yeah and at the same time there's there are um wonderful people who who have walked with Jesus for a long time that can encourage others around them in, in their own personal journey of following Jesus and as it relates to sexuality any area of life where we can just be become more and more like Jesus and and live in conformity to his will and his design and um, lots of layers there and, and we'll probably get into some more um, discussion related to you know maybe same-sex attraction and in uh, some more future podcasts and, and yeah. things like that. But um, hopefully that, that kind of answers um, yeah. some and, of... And let me give a summary thought. I think for people like we, I struggle on both sides of this fence in various examples. Like I, I would be, I don't want to portray myself as I've got all this figured out and every time given the right, you know, the certain situation, I'm going to do this the right way. But I know mm-hmm. at times I've struggled with, well, on the one hand, man, it, it is, I'm wanting to keep a distance from you as long as you're living in this way. And I'm realizing as I see scripture and as I'm paying attention, the spirit's leading in my life. Todd, God doesn't look at you that way, that he can't accept you before you get your stuff together. Uh, as, because he'd still be wait. I'd still be waiting for that because mm-hmm. that hasn't happened. So the idea is I find myself slipping to that side of going, well, I don't even know if I can engage them relationally because they are X, Y, Z in their life. And that could man, fit in whatever you want in that blank with your own personal issues that you have with the way people live. Then flip that around, though. I also know that I've talked to people and they've come to me and said, you know, Todd, because I'm this way, um, you need to approve of everything about my choices, mm-hmm. my life, etc. And that's where I go, well, that's that's not true, though, too, that there is that distinction. And I've been able to say, you know what, I want to communicate and, and be very overt in saying I love you because of the love that God has given me to give to the people in my life. And 
love each other like Christ has loved you, accept one another like Christ has accepted you. I can do that, but I want you to know I love you so much that in the areas of your life that are outside of God's design, man, I want to encourage you towards his design, no matter what the issue may be. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm going to walk with you trying mm-hmm. to live in that tension of going, I want to not distance myself from people that are outside of God's design. I want to go, man, God, thank you for loving me when I was an enemy, when I was a sinner and and still struggle. But on the other hand, I also want to go when someone comes at me and says, hey, because, uh, you know, I am, you know, because I'm someone that you should be accepting, then you have to approve of everything as well. And it's fascinating. This is a great conversation with parents as parents are struggling to try to figure out some stuff with their kids. Can I accept you, no matter what the issue is, accept you as is and where you're at, but just like the parable of the prodigal son, but can I uh, help you and desire that you would live a life that'd be approving not only to me, but more importantly to God? So it's yeah, living I mean, in we've that got, tension. You know, there's, there's, there's parents who, um, even if, if let's say you're, you're a parent and, and one of your kids come to you and discloses that they're struggling with same-sex attraction and uh, it's almost like, how, how would you respond to your kid? Well, you're going to respond in love because you love your kid. Mm. And, and, and you want God's best for your kid. And you will do everything you can think of, everything imaginable to, to, to help them because you know that this, this is a huge, you know, this is a painful part of their, of their life and their experience. And um, you will go to great lengths to love them, to show God's grace, but you'll always point them to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and, and in some ways, it's, it's no different than the other people in our lives that we want to be a Jesus influence with. Absolutely. And um, Accept them where they're at with the goal of saying, God, how can I be influenced in their lives that they would ultimately, and obviously they can't do anything apart from the work of Jesus in their lives, but then having known him, then to live a life that'd be approved by him. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, we've been able to get a little bit further on a couple of these issues, and Hilke, again, great job on preaching uh, yesterday in uh, this series, so I'm excited and excited to do these podcasts. Hilke and I were talking before we started today. We've got a plan, I think, for the next few weeks, and we're going to have some, hopefully, some guests that are going to help uh, with this time as well. That'll be kind of fun to hear some yeah. stories. and just uh, one of the thoughts we uh, we had is uh, I think it would be really helpful to have uh, some of our podcasts just uh, be targeted and mm-hmm. where um, we'd like to plan a podcast where it's, it's addressing the men and uh, just talk about challenges, questions uh, related that, that, that men might be wrestling with and then also to have a podcast um, that's really just focused on, on, on women and their questions and we just thought maybe Todd and I weren't uh, the best people <laughs> suited to answer some of those questions. Indeed. Indeed. Um, so uh, we'll be uh, putting some plans together for that. And I think it'll be extremely beneficial and helpful. And uh, so we really look forward to that yeah. in, in weeks to come. So keep tuning in and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Hope you have a great week.